Welcome to the Life in Lawn Care podcast. We're your host, Jesse James. Interviews, industry leaders all the way down to the new business startups, also sharing stories of his own to help you with information, inspiration, all to motivate you with your life in lawn care. Now, let's get into the show. Here, this is Jesse James. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Life in Lawn Care podcast. It's been a little bit of a delay. Uh, That mic sounds a little bit loud. It's been a little bit of a delay. I've been trying to to record this episode now in a couple different ways. Like, the other... I record... I don't know, like... Some of these... Sometimes these episodes, you want to say something, but you don't feel like you have the right energy, right? You want to say something, but you don't feel like you have enough, um, you don't have enough clout or 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 enough um, stature on the topic to talk about it. But I just kind of just said, to hell with it, um, and I'm just gonna keep doing what I'm doing, keep the same, uh, keep the same recipe I got going on. It's been working for me all year, and, and just kind of keep it real with you guys. Just kind of keep it up because this this whole podcast and this whole YouTube thing that I'm doing is just literally just like the title says, Life in Long Care. It's my journey starting a business in lawn care, in the green industry, in pressure washing, in, in different things, in going from a factory worker making 17 bucks an hour, um, growing up in trailer parks and poverty, going through addiction and, and living a totally different life to turning it all around and deciding one day I, I'm going to have financial freedom. I'm, I'm going to build a successful business. I'm going to gain respect in my community. And these, these are things that I don't hope will happen. I know will happen. And now it's my turn to put it into play, make it happen to betterment my family and just document my journey along the way. So that's what we're doing here today. Hey, welcome to the Life and Long Care uh, podcast. If you guys want to help support um, the podcast, in the show notes below, there is a link. Just uh, it's it, show notes below is the link. It, it just um, it's a monthly con- con- uh, contribution to help keep the lights on here, um, and, and and it really helps the show. Um, if you want to go check out the the YouTube channel, obviously Jesse James Life and Lawn Care on YouTube as well, and I, I appreciate your guys's follow over there. So in today's story, I've got a couple different topics I want to talk about, and it's going to be like it's not like you y'all know how I do it, right? It's not super regimented. I don't have like it's not all bullet points. I kind of just it's kind of just free flowing, but I want to talk more about like commercial and residential and where I'm at in business and what's the pros and cons that I found. Not what everybody else says, not what you should do, what works for me going, ending my second year in business. I want to tell a story about a truck and a couple of different things, but I want to talk about commercial and residential. Like, like everybody says, there's pros and cons with both. Um, this is my second year in business. And as I've grown the business, I thought that I wanted, I thought that I wanted 70 to 80 weekly clients with a couple commercials on the side. I thought that's what I wanted because that's what I've seen everybody else doing, right? But in, in not every area is the same. Not every market is the same. And and in my market, if I want to worry about quote unquote route density, I have to realize that it's not it, it, I'm going to have to either travel 
or or because I live in an area, Plymouth, Ohio. You guys can look it up. The household median income is about thirty five thousand dollars a year. Landscape and lawn care is kind of like a luxury. There's some little neighborhoods in between, but to travel, I'd have to travel at least thirty minutes, and I don't want to do that. So what I, what's worked for me is to find a couple commercial accounts and. People say, well, you can't upsell or you can't do this. And, and it's always, you're always going to have to fight with low ballers and different things. Here, I'm, here, I, here, I'm, here, I'm telling you this. I would rather take a little bit less money for the longevity because I'll be working all the way up until almost, almost Thanksgiving with leaf removal and different things for my, for, for a cemetery that I mow. And um, this week is my final week with most of my residentials. So, with that, with the commercials, I take a little bit less money, but I get a little bit less money on the back end, but I make up for it long run. And I still have upsells in the schools. I want to tell a story about the schools, but in the schools that I mow, I still was able to do some landscaping, some stump grinding and, and different cleanups. So how I was able to make up some money there. But if you're looking to scale your business, if you're looking, it's hard to gain trust in a community right, as a new business venture, as a new business startup. If you don't have, see, in my situation, I don't have a lot. I don't have good credit. I'll be straight up with you. Like y'all know, I'm, I'm like, I was, I used to be a drug addict. Uh, I was an alcoholic. I lived a a totally different lifestyle. I lived a wild, rambunctious lifestyle. You wouldn't even recognize me. You wouldn't know who I was today. All right. But in that process, I had ruined my credit. Okay. And my family, ain't no one in my family got any credit. That's like one of them things like, People around here don't have credit. People in my family don't have credit. And that's, you know, it is what it is. So when you're first starting your business, it's going to be hard. You're going to probably have mixed match equipment. Maybe you're going to have like an S10, a Ranger, maybe a half-ton truck if you're lucky. That's what I That's what I got, half-ton truck. I had a single axle trailer. But I look back and I look at all the things I'm gaining. And I'm just like, oh, man, I'm so grateful from where I'm at. And that just comes with hard work. That comes with dedication. That comes with getting up every day, hustling, and doing the best that you can do. But if it's possible as a new business to get a credit limit and get, you know, a nice trailer, a decent three-quarter ton truck, and uh, uh, two matching mowers or something. You don't need all that, but it helps. When you go to sell jobs at resi- a residence place, at residential places, it helps to look the part if they don't know who you are because they're not just going to trust you. A lot of these people aren't necessarily buying the service so much as they're buying you. They know they don't want to worry about come August if the guy's going to show up or not. And chances are if a guy shows up, with an old beat up walk behind and uh, on a on an old five by eight trailer hauling it behind an S10 and sometimes he's here on Tuesday sometimes he's here on Thursday don't really hear much chances are him coming back when it's a hundred degrees out and when it needs done are really slim and that's just being straight I didn't want to be one of them guys so I made it my mission to build my business as try to be reliable as I can. But to do to, to do the best I can with what I have, you know what I mean? I'm not going to go get myself in a bunch of crazy debt and pay high interest loans. I'm not going to do that. So I'm going to do the best I can with what I have. So what I found is for where I'm at my business, I found that these cemeteries and these schools, they's able to help me scale. Not scale as in like I'm making six figures in my first year, but I'm able to, I'm, 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 it's brought it to where I'm able to um, pay my bills, 
uh, and provide for my family and be a good father, be a good husband, invest into myself and invest into the business all within two years without having another job. As you guys know, I walked away from my job really early. I've probably pulled that. I probably pulled the trigger on that gun a little bit early, but that's okay because it's something I wanted to do. I wanted to. I wanted to. That's what I wanted. I, this is what I want, and I felt like if I don't jump in the deep end, I'm never going to do it. I don't want to slowly creep in. Maybe that recipe works for someone else, but someone like me, it's either all or nothing. I have a very addictive personality. I'm a hardcore in it. If, if, if you're not going 100%, don't, don't, even, don't even go. And I find myself sometimes towards the end of the season getting kind of tired and sluggish, and, and um, we've had rain for the past week. About two weeks now, actually. Nothing but solid downpours. And if this was beginning season, I'd be whining and complaining about the rain. But I am so thankful for the rain. I've, I've been able to sleep in, spend more time with my kids. Now, I know here in a few weeks, until I start waiting for more of the snowfall, I'll have a lot more downtime. And that's another thing I want to talk to you guys about. You know, I'm going to start getting a little more consistent with these. But it, we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. But you're able to sell... You're able to sell stuff to commercial accounts. Um, I have a story about the schools. I told you, like, I kind of bounce all over the place. It's kind of, I don't really have notes, per se. Like, I kind of try to write down some ideas if I forget. Like, but like, I've been trying to do this podcast for a minute, and I keep deleting the episodes because I don't feel like they're, I don't feel like they're worthwhile, so I just kind of waited on. But, man, these schools, last year when I bid these schools, it was... I think it was like January or February, I got a random email from someone with a list of schools, and they were they were saying it was accepting bids. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I don't know how they got my email, maybe like with my SEO work, and, you know, it doesn't matter. So I sent, I sent a, I didn't even go look at them, actually. <clears throat> I got on Google Earth, and I, and I looked at the map size, and I was starving to death. Here's what you don't want to do. If you're starving to death, you don't have your winter fund, and you're waiting for spring to come to do some work or you're going over. I bid these so low to where I shot myself in the foot. And this isn't a story that I want to tell. You know, this isn't something you brag about to where you pick up a bunch of accounts because you were, I know I got these accounts because I was the lowest guy. And that wasn't my goal to be the lowest guy. But I definitely wanted to work. And before I go any further, a lot of people are going to say, oh, low ball or this, low ball or that. I'm going to tell you what. When you're new in business, you have to fight for market share. What is fight for market share? Fight, fighting for market share is a, is, a, is a good technique for any business in any industry to do exactly what it says, fight for market share. You're brand new in the in a saturated market. You've got to stand out somehow. How are you going to stand out somehow? Well, you're going to fight for marketplace. What is the easiest way to fight for marketplace? Have lower value, have a higher quality, well, have a higher quality, lower lower cost, so lower lower value. So what does that mean? That can mean, you know, obviously lower prices, and some can call it. Um, low ballers, and and I hate that term low baller because if you're one of the people who cry and complain about low bars or people not being a legitimate business, I'm here to tell you right now, you're not going to make it in this industry. You're just not because this isn't a hard business to be in. Mowing grass is super easy. Most people's been doing it since they were 10, 11 years old. 
So when you're fighting for market share, that's okay because you don't have a lot of debt yet. You're able to still make money doing something at a lower cost. But what you're not figuring in, and this is where I messed up, I wasn't figuring in the future foreman that I want to have. I wasn't figuring in the future truck, the future dump truck, the equipment trailer, the skid steer, the new mowers. Okay, I wasn't figuring that in because I was like, oh, how are people charging this much? I'm able to make money doing X, Y, and Z, but I didn't have any employees. All my equipment was all paid for, but I was always finding my, I, I, what I needed was, I needed to, I needed to price for the stuff that I'm going to have in the future. And that's kind of what, that's kind of full circle what bit me in the ass going around. You know what I mean? So as I'm sitting there, I get this email, get on Google Earth. I'm looking at it, I'm like, all right, cool. You know, I can do all these. This, these three schools are about an hour away. That sucks to drive, but once I'm already there, I can get them all done. You know, and, and this would be a good payday. I can get all this done in a week, one day, a weekend, if we have some rain. I can do this, this, and this. Everything, was, I was justifying it in my head, knowing that I was kind of only allowing for one day of rain. <clears throat> and, it, and it is good money. You know, and I'm thankful that I had it because I wouldn't have been able to do a lot of things I did this year if I didn't have this account. But when you are the lowest bid and you live by the sword, you die by the sword, kind of, sort of. Well, halfway through the season, they had a project come up and I put a high ticket on it. Just to kind of offset everything. They was already getting a really good rate on everything else. But they wanted a couple limbs cut and a stump done. One stump grinded out, <clears throat> and a job like that maybe be 200, 300 bucks tops. I charged them 50, uh, it was like 14 something, it was almost 1500 bucks, all right. And that was me being really aggravated, me being a business owner. That, um, I, I it was just a lot to take in, uh, you know, at the schools, I had a time frame of when I had to mow it. And when rain came, it became a it became a real hassle, and I was spread all over what seemed like the state of Ohio, and it was hard for me to keep up. But these are all mistakes that you make early on in business, right? So I, I hit them over the head with that price, and they ended up paying it. Um, but when I met the lady, I she kind of was taken aback when she finally first met me because everything was just done through email, and and I never really met anybody face to face. I think she thought that I was a bigger company than what I was. Like all the other businesses around have big, huge, true green style companies that come through. And when she met me in my solo operation, maybe a helper here and there, it kind of was taken aback. So I think she got a different kind of taste in her mouth. I, I think, you know, and maybe I didn't present myself as the most professional and, and, that is a big key too. Like, like when I say they're not necessarily buying the service, they're buying you. They're buying your confidence. And if you don't come from a business background, if you don't have a family members in business, or if you're just overall not a very uh, people person at first, or you know, you got to learn a lot. You got to learn confidence. Especially, I grew up in a, a, a single mother household, you know, with no positive male role male role models around. So I didn't necessarily know how. It took me a long time, is all I'm saying. And I did my my coming up was a little bit different. 
you know, I didn't see for all my childhood growing up how men interact with business, if that makes any sense. To anybody who's grew up with a, um, a single mom raising a family, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So I didn't. I, I had to learn a lot of these things as I go. I, I had to meet mentors to teach me how how to be confident and how to sell myself. Because there'd be times to where I'd let customers dictate the price. I'd do a job. I would do a job and be like, I don't know. What do you think it's worth to you? And 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 it sounds silly, but that's the God's honest truth. And and the part about this podcast is just keeping it real as I can. So I do these jobs. And it and it goes, you know, it goes pretty good. But we're gonna we're gonna fast forward to another job. She's like, "Hey, I need some uh, malt here and there." Blah blah blah. I'm like, "All right, cool." She's like, "Send me a bid." I'm like, "Huh, okay." Well, I figured she was just gonna say, "Get it done," because I told her, you know, she already had my pricing structure. And I come back the next week, and the mulch was already laid down. I'm like, "Huh, that is, that's cool. It got done. I didn't really have time to do it anyway. It, you know, it is what it is. I blew by." Fast forward to the first week of October. This company had lost the bid for these for the state of Ohio to keep running these schools. I'm not sure how this head start worked. Not I don't really know behind the scenes office end of it. But they told me that hey, you know, as of October 31st, we lost the contract to this company, blah blah. And I said, with your permission, can I reach out to that company and see if you know I can do work with them? And they were like, yeah, I asked for this person, blah blah blah. I'm like, all right, cool. So I reach out to the next bid holder, and she's kind of taking her back at a phone call. She's like, let me call you back. She waits like three days to call me back. And I was like, okay, I'm glad to hear back from you. Didn't know what was going on. She's like, are you currently currently mowing these these schools? I'm like, yeah, you know, I I rattled off all four of them. There's only seven total. I rattled off all four of them. She's like, huh, well... Hmm, that's weird. Your your name wasn't listed as a vendor. I said, "What do you mean my name wasn't listed as a vendor? I've been I've been mowing them. What do you mean?" She's like, "Well, did you just start mowing them?" I said, "No. I mean, if you mean just start because of coronavirus, I couldn't start until like the first week of April or something. It got pushed back a couple weeks, you know." And she's like, "No, it's not what I'm talking about. They they sent us." a list of vendors who are at all the schools for landscaping, snow removal, uh, lawn care, they, uh, janit- janitorial services, the whole the whole thing, everything. And I was like, my name wasn't on the list. She's like, no, your name wasn't on the list at all. I was like, well, that's really weird. I don't know why. She's like, well, unfortunately, I've already fulfilled. I've already talked to these companies, and I've already accepted contracts for 2021 mowing season and the snow plowing season for three of the four. And in Truth be have it, I wanted to drop them three and try to keep the one that's available. And I still, it's been about a week, and it made me so mad. Like I said, y'all, it's my second year in business. I still have a lot to learn. Um, I'm just a guy who's just struggling every single day. And I felt, when after I got off, it was a couple email exchanges and a phone call. After I got off the phone call with her, she's still, like, at the end of the day, that's still the same school that I wanted. She still says it's available, but I just busted my ass all year on these schools. I thought one property was a lot smaller than what it was. Turned out there was an extra two-acre field behind it, and at that point, I didn't have the confidence to say, whoa, we're going to have to stop right now, renegotiate the contract before I even get started. 
I just said, okay, whatever. If I just work, if I get up here a little bit earlier, I can get this done a little bit faster. You know, I just failed in a lot of parts as a business owner this year. So, but it's been about a week and I still haven't sent her a bid for plowing or 2021 snow or 2021 mowing for these schools yet. Why haven't I done that? You're asking, just do it, get over your pride, get over your ego. And that's what I'm going to do after we get done with this episode. I'm going to, that's what I'm going to do. And if I get it, cool. If I don't, cool. You know, it's today's Friday morning, you know, it's 5.30 in the morning. I try to get up early. This is an early morning show. I've been thinking about this episode all week. You know, and I just, I'm just here to tell you guys, I'm speaking to the new people here. Don't get lost in your own ego on different things. If you think something, if you think you might have bid something wrong, it's okay to send someone a, an estimate. There's a reason for an estimate versus a quote. If you if you send someone an estimate, there's room to for wiggle. But if you send someone a quote, you better go up there and check it. Because that's a, what's one of the mistakes I made is I didn't go up there and check. Okay, so that's just some things that happened to me. But going back to residential, I was able to with them schools, I was able, it was a commercial account, obviously. I was able to sell some work and make some money. But my whole idea of talking about residential versus commercial. Is with commercial, I found for the first, this is my goal for the, for the next year, all of, you know, 2021 season, I've already talked to a couple different accounts. I'm trying to line up some 2021 mowing right now is I want to stick to 90% of my work coming in from these commercial accounts. And I feel like it's just guaranteed income. It's longer income, but my end goal let's say around the five-year mark of being in business, I want to slowly transition everything into residential. Now, I'm picking and choosing all my residential clients right now. I started this. I didn't have very many residential clients. I'll be straight up with you. I'm not one of these overnight, overnight success guys. I had 27 to start my year, and I've slowly dropped off all these. And at the end of the year, I'm not going to take any of them back. And it, have I told all these guys that? I've kept the ones I want. Here's my thing. I haven't told them they're going to be released, and that could be another issue. But I'm kind of keeping them as a backup just in case I can't pick up. What I want to do is I want to have two cemeteries, the one school, and then 40 residentials with me and two other guys. Okay, that's my that's my 21 goal, right? But I don't know. It's just so nice being able to go to go, – I told you I'm getting sidetracked going all over the place it just bugged me this year when I would get like people, when people would tell me to skip and my ego got in the way. It's like, look, I came out here when grass was growing super heavy and give you guys a deal. Like people would tell me to skip the yards or no, they don't need these up. So like I'm trying right now to identify my clients. Where is, where is the longevity with these clients? Am I going to have a long-term growth with them? Are they conducive for my business. Where do I see myself with this client in two years? Do I see myself there? Am I going to have, is it going to be profitable for me to hire a guy about 10 bucks an hour to come over here and do this knowing that he's not going to get shooed off once a week and uh, because the grass hasn't grown very much. If that, find your ideal client. Don't get stuck with these 
what's the, what you're going to find first off in business is you're going to find the old ladies who have social security, who have that kind of fixed income, and they're going to treat you good. You're going to feel bad. You're going to feel bad because they are on fixed. They don't have a chance to pick up over time. They don't have a wife that works or a husband that works. They're an old lady by themselves and they only live in on $1,200 a month. And, and then see, see where the issue comes in. So when the grass isn't really growing, they don't justify why. So, but they rely on you. And thing is, they don't like it when you leave. Okay. And the, there's two clients that I fired this year that I probably did it in the wrong way. I told them, hey, not going to be able to service you no more. Sorry about, you know, pretty much sorry about it. Sucks to suck. And they kept blowing me up, blowing me up, blowing me up. But I was losing money going to their house. They would stand around and talk to me way too much. And I'm just sitting back looking at it like I could have handled that in a way more professional way. I could have reached out to a couple different business owners in that area and said, hey, you want this lawn? Here you go. You can have it. Don't have to throw me nothing. Don't do nothing. I could have done it in a lot better way. But I, that was not middle of August, somewhere around there. I'd already wanted to wean them out. I had picked up another account that was going to offset it. I've learned a lot this year. You know, I've learned a lot. And as, if anything, if I can reach out and, 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 and if a new guy was to ask me something about residential clients, I would say they're not your friends, okay? They're not your friends, but find out who, 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 what client. I'd pick your ideal client and target them. Go through your demographics and realize who's going to – at the end of the day, this is a, this is a business that you're going to make money in. People's going to ask you for good deals, your family – Friends that you barely know, maybe acquaintances, be like, hey, man, can you give me a deal on this because we're friends? But it's like, really, if we're friends, they should be paying you top dollar if, if we're friends. You know what I mean? So understand that you as a business owner, you still have to eat. People will respect you at the end of the day. They don't go to Walmart, okay? People don't go to Walmart and then say, um, I want a good deal because we're friends or I want a better deal because I'm an old lady and I'm on a fixed income. So understand that. Put systems in place. These are these are things that I'm putting in place now that I didn't do this year. And people was telling me to do it, but I'm putting pricing structure systems in place. And a lot of that, I'm doing a lot of like all my numbers and stuff. I'm doing it all through QuickBooks. Shameless plug. Hey, there's a, there's a link in the show notes below for QuickBooks. You can run your profit loss and all do all everything, manage your entire business through QuickBooks. 55% off for like three months or something like that. I'm not really sure, but you can hit that link. It'll be in the show, in the show notes below. But these are just some things I, I just wanted. And this episode is kind of like a little bit off the wall, a little bit different. But they're, they're, they're residentials are where to where at the end game if you want to be, if you identify the client that you want, if you realize, hey, I got longevity here. Uh, if you realize that you can have upsells with the client, maybe they want new mulch every year. Maybe they need a little bit of pruning. They got he you know, different things. Snow plowing is a big one. So you're going to find these different neighborhoods. But you're probably going to start off with the old lady that's on a disability. But don't think that you have to keep them. But also don't fire them like how I did and just ignore their phone calls after a somewhat shitty text message on my part. These are lessons that I'm learning. These are mistakes that I made that I'm just sharing with you guys now. That, that's just where I'm at. That's that's how the business has gone for so far. There's ups and there's downs. And what I get tired of is on like YouTube and uh, Instagram and all the, all these different lawn care businesses and all these different YouTubers are only showing you the highlight reel. This a lot of it isn't like 
it's not all this simple and all this gravy. Like another message that I sent to people that wasn't well received by other by other people on my YouTube channel was if you're thinking about starting a lawn care business, but you have a decent job, maybe you have a family. Hey man, um, try to, try to do your lawn care. You can do 30 to 40 yards on a weekend. You know what I mean? Like try to keep your job the best you can. All right. Try to keep your job and do your lawn care and just realize that you're going to probably have to work 16 hour days for seven or eight months out of the year. Do that for about two years and build you a solid base. Understand that the whole the whole, the whole two years that you're this is what I wish I would have done is kept my job and just worked maybe a different shift and and didn't volunteer for weekends or something like that. And realize that for the next two years, I'm going to work 16 hour shifts. But but I'm going to build brand recognition in my community. I'm going to be done fighting for market share. People's going to understand my pricing structure. They're going to see that I'm a stable company, that I'm I'm here to help the community, and that I'm a real legitimate business out here doing the doing doing my thing. And, and I've already eliminated the tire kickers. I've already I've already got my ideal clients down. I'm in the right neighborhoods. I got my route density down. I got the equipment that I need to make that move. And then and then once that income offsets the the other income to where going to work is an inconvenience, then make your move. Now, that's the hard way of going, though, because anybody can make $100 a day. And there's nothing wrong with making $100 a day, guys. I'm sitting here talking to you. You're the new guy, right? Hey, man, when a lot of these YouTubers say you have to make $500, if you ain't making $100,000 a year, then you ain't trying hard enough. I've heard that in numerous amount of times. Hey, let me tell you something. You go out there, dude. If you, if you can pay your bills and and eat for the day, you're successful. If you can make sure your kid has diapers and you're not living, you're not bumming off welfare and and and, and you're not hitting everybody up for money, you're not laying around sleeping till noon and you're getting up and hustling every day, it will happen for you. You will be successful. You will build a great business. But you right now just making enough money to eat, that's successful, man. There's a lot of people who won't even go out and do that. So you're doing the right thing. You keep hustling. You keep running. Understand that YouTube is a highlight reel. They're not showing you the failures. A couple of them will, but most of the time they're not showing you the failures. So you're doing the right thing. All you need to do is make enough money to eat and just keep staying. Consistency is the key in business. Don't be that fly by night, that chuck in a truck that everybody talks about with a mower chucked in the back and then he's gone two weeks later. No one knows who he is. You understand that you're in it for the long haul. You know what I mean? And that and that's that's all I'm I'm just kind of bouncing all over the walls. I'm just kind of telling you right where just confidence is key when you're selling. Understand confidence is key, longevity with your client, pick your ideal clients, know what know what you're gonna do. And a lot in the end game for me, like I told you guys, is 80 to 90 residential clients in five years. But until I get there. I'm going to pick up some bigger commercial accounts to scale my business there so I can able to stack some money. So I'm able to learn, able to learn the, tr the trade, which isn't a whole much to learn, but I want to understand exactly what I can do with the mower. How long is it going to take? How, how long is it going to take me to be able to know a mower back and forth, look at a yard and understand I can do this in exactly this amount of time, or I can just rebuild this mower front to back. And I've almost got there with this, with the grasshopper. I got the grasshopper 720k. I've re started with a Kohler, uh, command 20 horsepower. Now we got a 23 horsepower Kohler command on it. I've rebuilt this engine 
just built a leaf box. It's it's been a crazy journey. My next episode, I want to talk about um, building a homemade leaf box, or if you have the funds, you know, getting getting you that you know whatever. But the leaf loaders, leaf boxes, or or where it's at. But before we before we hang it up, uh, a quick story about a truck, a, a truck we just got for the company. When I say we, I mean Connor and. Connor is a buddy of mine to where it was originally his business, and then I took the business and bought the LLC and made it legitimate. We were 50% partners. He ended up going back to his job, and then I started getting really busy. He was able to walk away from his job, and we're back to 50-50 partnerships. And a lot of people say the only ships that don't sail are partnerships, and maybe that's true, but as of right now, I got time to spend with my family. All my bills are paid. Connor's bills are paid. He's got time to spend with his family, and me and him are going to – he can do things that I can't do, and I can do things that he can't do, and we're the perfect yin and yang for this business, for this industry. So save your judgments on partnerships. I really don't care. Um, I know what I'm doing with my business, and I know where I'm going. Anyway, we just got this truck, right? It's a 1990 GMC – no, not a GMC. It's a 1990 – uh, Chevy Silverado. It's got a 350 in it, uh, which it's a 3500. So with a with a 10 foot, I think it's a 10 foot dump bed on it. So it, it's one of the older 1990 Chevys with the 350. So you know it's kind of a turd. Which I'm a I love the small block. I love I'm a big 350 small block fan. But I have an extra. <laughs> I have an extra 454 with the trans with it. So. I'm trying to talk Connor into saying, hey, let's pull this 350 out, sell it for 1200 bucks, and then drop this 454 in it. But he's kind of like on the edge of it. And, you know, it is what it is. But we bought this truck, seen it on Facebook Marketplace. And it, you can find a lot of lot of stuff on Facebook. If you're mechanically inclined in any way, you can find a lot of deals on Facebook Marketplace. A lot of people, a lot of people break shit and don't know how to fix it. Or a, a lot of it would be simple issues. I, I tell you, real quick story. We had a we we found a still BG fifty, the little handheld blower. All it needed was a carb clean and a primer bulb. We bought it for ten dollars, ten bucks, and it and it works like a champ. That little blower. Um, anyway, we found this uh, found this dump truck. Right, it's just a two wheel drive. But when we got there, the guy said uh, the torque converter's bad. This is bad. This is bad. We we got to listen to it. It's like man, this this ain't the torque converter. So. Connor's been messing with it past couple of days and found out two of the spark plug wires are bad. The timing is way off. Uh, there was no, it's it's had it had no gaskets under the throttle body. Um, what else was it? Uh, the ground cable wasn't hooked up at all. So it's like little tiny stuff the whole way through. Connor's working on it right now, and he's going to drive it to the cemetery tomorrow. Now, one of the cross members is rusted out, but we got this for 1800 bucks. What I'm saying is there's deals out here. You can find nice stuff. You can find really nice equipment. And another part of this story, it's kind of like karma, right? I believe in karma. Some people do. Some people don't believe in karma. Hey, man, let me tell you this. When we was on our way to pick up this um, dump truck, we knew it wasn't going to run, so we knew we couldn't drive it back. So we, so we got my equipment trailer. I have equipment trailer. Um, this dump truck is probably a little bit too heavy to be hauling on the equipment trailer, but I know I've hauled skid steers and stuff on the trailer before. It's kind of like kind of a redneck move of taking a chance. But 
it was it was it the weight rate it was right there on the line to where any more if it would have had a little bit of dirt or you know anything inside the cab of that truck anything it would have been overweight it would have been over the weight limit but we were right on the limit anyway when we was going up there we needed to get a little bit of gas you know a little petrol so when we're going up there there's just some young kid sitting at the gas pumps just cranking on his car he had a not his car he had a uh a, a k1500 with the ls in it uh Probably like a two, it was probably like a 2008 or 2009 1500, you know, that body style with the, uh, with the crew cab. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, with the short bed in it. Um, but he's just cranking on it and cranking on it, cranking on it. And I, I, me and Connor walk over and ask the kid, hey, man, you need a help? You need jumps? You want us to help you push the truck off the side? We, we, hear, you, <laughs> we hear you getting on it. He's like, oh, I don't know what's going on with it. He's just a young little redneck kid. And he, I go, you sure you don't know what's going on? He goes, to be completely honest, I think I'm out of gas. I said, uh, I think you're right. And uh, he's just talking, and we're about to walk away, and, and he ain't making no moves to get gas or nothing. I just asked him, not trying to be a nice guy or whatever, I just asked him, like, hey, you need some gas, bro? Like, we got a full can right here. So we hooked him up with five gallons of gas. The dude, kid was super grateful. I had been, man, when I was 16, I was in his shoes. All Everything around here is just cornfields. So, like, when you have a four, when you're 16 years old and you have a four wheel drive, all you do is just go around mud and you never have enough money for gas because you're always spending it. Well, you know what you spent it on when you was 16. It's the same, it's the same way. So, I, I just, it brought me back. I remember being his age, being in the same spot, and no one helped me out. So, we hooked him up a little bit. But doing that, we didn't realize the residual effect of the karma of hooking this youngster up. We get up, we get on this major interstate going up to pick this dump, dump truck up. We have a blowout on the side of the road. We're like, oh, well, you know, we just, we took the tire off and was riding three wheels. We was going to ride it to Menards or something. And we pull off the side of the road and checking it out. Some guy pulls up immediately. As soon as we pull off the side of the road, someone pulls right over, says, hey, you guys need help? We say, oh, we just got a blowout. He pulls out in front of us and he just gives us a brand new tire. Said, I just picked two up from Menards. Here you go. We tried to pay him, tried to bless him. He just gave us a tire for no reason and then drove off. Like, for, like you can't ask for better people. Like, I don't know why, don't know, you know what I mean? Like, it was just, we was down for maybe three and a half, four minutes with a blown tire on the side of an interstate. We was going to be down for probably an hour driving into, driving into the closest Lowe's, Home Depot, Menards, TSC, somewhere, I don't know. But we was down. He he just he said that he felt called to hook us up with the tire. He said that we seemed like good guys, and and he had an extra one. He didn't have an extra one. He had he had an extra one for him. He give us ours, or he give yeah he give us his rather. So we were super grateful. Tried to pay the guy. He refused to take any money. That was a, and we get up there. We get this. We get the truck loaded up onto the trailer. And have another. We didn't have a blowout. We had a we had a slow leak. And the guy we bought the truck from. Man, super guy hooked us. Well, he charges fifty bucks. We bought two tires off him with the rims for fifty dollars. So we had three. We ended up getting three trailer tires for fifty dollars. And like he was the guy we bought the truck from was a super honest guy. Kept trying to like give us a bunch of stuff, like just being super nice, man. And like it was such a blessed experience. So we knew going bringing this truck back. Like we we I hauled it with my uh, my half ton truck. So I was kind of a little bit nervous. We 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 was probably overweight. 
probably overweight for sure. But, you know, we made it home safe. And I just knew that this truck, I have a good feeling about this truck. Now, we're still kind of going through it, making sure everything's right. Because it's two-wheel drive, we really don't need it right now. But next year, I just know that this truck's going to take us from where we're at to where we want to be. And equipment does that. You know what I mean? Like, like a friend of mine, uh, Ray, well, you guys probably seen his YouTube, Ray from Ray's Lawn Care. He said when he bought his skid steer, he, he, if he said, he said, if he could, if he can do it all over again, that he would go back and buy a skid steer 10 years before that. Just the amount of money he it took his business from where he was to where he wants to be. You know, and you don't think equipment can do that, but it truly, it truly can. It can set you apart and just give you that confidence and know what you can do. So I know this is what this dump truck's going to do to us, and I'm just really looking forward to it. And uh, last thing, this is the last quick little story type thing. And it, like I said before, if you want to support the podcast, if you enjoy what you're hearing, you want to keep more of it, I'm going to get more consistent with, especially going into the slow season. I'm going to get, I'm going to do more interviews type, type shows, but everybody's so busy right now. And I'm not just going to do it with the big YouTubers and everything. I want to bring in people that I talk to on a regular basis, talk about their growth and talk about their journey in lawn care. Maybe it's pressure washing, anything like that. But if you want to support the podcast, like I said, link below, support, it really, really helps, really helps keep these podcasts going. But there is another uh, podcast guy, which you guys know, the Green Industry Podcast, Paul. Good guy uh, from the sound. I've never met him. But he had said on his podcast that it's super hard to make these podcasts. Uh, uh, and he was kind of trying, it sounded like he was trying to scare people out of it. And I'm just here to tell you, like, with the Anchor, using Anchor, you can do it from your phone for free. It doesn't take eight hours to edit and it doesn't call like you don't have to have a fancy producer to like make your shows seem like more than we, more than they are. You can do it for free. Like it other than equipment, this is what the show costs me. It's free. I upload for free. It does I take my own time editing. I do have a family. So it does take me longer to edit videos. But don't think that you can't share your story. Don't think you can't share your voice. Like Regardless of what people say, your voice matters, your story matters, and people want to hear what you have to say. So if you want, if you're one of them guys out there who wants to have a podcast, you just don't really know how to do it, you can use anchor.fm. Okay. I'll even probably I'm not even gonna play the ad. I'm not even gonna put the ad in the front of this podcast, but you can use anchor. Go to anchor.fm. You can use your phone. You can record straight into your phone and upload it. It goes uh, Stitchers, iTunes, Spotify, all the major players. It goes to all them. It does it. It doesn't have the fancy uh, SEO work that a lot of other places do, um, but them are pay to play. But if you do your own SEO work, if you promote your own podcast, then you don't really need to worry about it. But my point is, is if you don't want to pay for a fancy producer and you want to share your voice and and you don't want to pay for what I have a big fancy microphone, big fancy mixer, and all this other stuff, you don't have to pay for that either. You already have your phone in your pocket. It works on Android or iPhone. And this ain't a pitch for Anchor. It's just I heard I heard Paul say it, and it kind of like, I know he was probably being just cordial and joking around about it, like, but it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And I'm not trying to be confrontational. Like I said, I'm just pointing it out there. Like, you don't have to put three episodes out a week. You can just do whatever you want to do. It's your show. It's super, super easy to do. Okay, now I got that out of the way. I'm just letting you all know, but 
like I said, I appreciate you guys. I'm gonna start getting uh start getting uh more consistent with putting these uh so I'm getting more consistent with putting these uh, uh podcasts out. I wanna do probably two, three episode not three let's not get crazy i want to do two i want to do two a week at least one a week but i'll have a lot more time coming around here soon of course everybody will and i'm just going to keep sharing it sharing the stories uh, i really want to do the interview shows hey if you like the content go check out my youtube channel man like go check jesse james life and lawn care on youtube the show the that link will be in the show notes below as well uh if you want to contribute to the show help uh help help promote the show and and all that Spon- hey, help sponsor us the show. Help support the show. And um, let's see, you want to follow the link to QuickBooks? Get that as well. So all these links will be in the show notes below. I definitely appreciate you guys. Uh, keep hustling. Keep grinding. Y'all know what it is. Hey, man, keep chasing dreams. Keep chasing dreams. That's what it's all about. The struggle is real. The grind is real. Y'all know what it is. Later, guys. <laughs>